Hallelujah. Family. I want to take a few minutes this morning, and I want to talk a little bit more about family. Family is actually God's idea. And if you can turn in your Bibles, if you can find Genesis chapter 2. And I figured I'd start at the beginning. And I'm not going to go through every book this morning. There's 66 of them. I probably will leave out a couple. But if you could turn in Genesis 2, I want to take a few minutes and talk about family. Family is very much a bedrock of our society. Family is very much a component in our society. And what I find interesting and amazing about family is the more that we try to distance family, the more there seems to be a need and a desire and a cry out for the benefits of family. And so I want to take a few moments and I want to just share with you some of the biblical perspective of family. And I think there's a, there's a danger that we can actually get into if we're not careful that we can look at definition and we can miss the spirit or the life that is behind that definition. And when I look at today's world, I see a world that is craving and calling out for relationship and for family, but they don't know how to do it. And if I can be honest with you and frank with you, is we have the answer. As believers, we have the answer. The answer is Jesus Christ. And you and I are representatives of him. And it behooves us to be family that represents the king so that other people that are crying out and craving for family can see what family can look like. Family sometimes can be messy. Sometimes family can be messy. We want closeness, but the moment we get closeness, we also get vulnerability. In my family, my children and my wife know which buttons to push if they want to have a fun night and watch dad get a little upset for nothing. You know, sometimes it's almost a game. I walk in and it's like one person throws something out there and they just see, is dad going to bite? But family is like that. My family sees the worst of me. They don't always see me in a suit. They don't always see my hair done right, which doesn't take very long, but sometimes it's not right. They see me when I'm upset. They see me when I'm not feeling well. They see me when I have my pet peeves. And despite all these things, my family sees the worst in me, and yet they love me the best. Family can sometimes be messy. As our children grew up, we asked 
And we tried to live a life that allowed our children to actually talk back to us, not in a disrespectful manner, but in a manner that if there was something on their heart, we wanted to be able to hear it. And that is not easy. Because there's moments when they say things that are contrary to what I wanted or what I was expecting. So sometimes family can be messy. Sometimes family can take advantage of another person. I seem to have this crazy ability to take advantage of my relationship with my wife and have expectations. And what I do is I will commit to something without talking with her. And it might be, well, I'm just going to go out for this evening or I'm going to go do this or do that. And I haven't even asked her why. Because we're so close. We love each other. I know she's just going to accept it. And I'm not laying this on you right now, honey. I'm not going <laughs> to. But have you noticed that sometimes the expectations we put on our family members? Well, why didn't you ask me? Well, I just knew you'd be okay with it. But I wouldn't do that to a stranger. Family. It's interesting. In the creation account, we see that God created Adam. And if you read in Genesis 1, it says, and God looked at these things and he said it was good. And then he gets to chapter 2 and we see the account. You have the creation account and you have the events and you have the story of creation. And in chapter 2, it says God planted a garden and he wanted Adam to take care of it. And then he says there was something that was not good and he noticed that Adam was alone. And so I want to read just a few verses for you, and I want you to see some of the picture of what God has in mind when he says family. In Genesis chapter 2, and verse 18, and the Lord God says, it's not good for the man to be alone. Guys, that was a good spot to say, thank you, Lord. I will make him a helper suitable for him. So out of the ground, the Lord formed every beast of the field and every bird of the sky and brought them to the man to see what he would call them. And whatever the man called a living creature, that was its name. The man gave names to all the cattle, to the birds of the sky, to every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not found a helper suitable for him. So the Lord caused a deep sleep to fall upon the man. And he slept. And then he took out one of his ribs and closed up the flesh at that place. Yeah, thank you. I am trying to work on my deep voice. Because apparently it's a real excellent way to talk to your wife, but, you know, hey, baby. Uh, so the man gave names to all the cattle and to the birds of the sky and to every beast of the field, but for Adam, there was not found a helper suitable for him. So the Lord caused a deep sleep to fall upon the man, and he slept. 
And then he took out of his ribs and closed up the flesh at that place. And the Lord fashioned into a woman the rib which he had taken from the man, and he brought her to the man. And the man said, Now this is bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh, and she shall be called woman, because she was taken out of man. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and his mother and be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. And the man and his wife were both naked and were not ashamed. So we see the picture of God looking at his creation, and everything's good, but he says it's not good. And I want you to see some aspects about family this morning from God's creative picture. The first thing is a family is not designed to be alone. Family answers a need. You are not designed to do life alone. You are designed to do something together. Now, we have this term called the family of God, and, and we refer to it. And I would suggest to you that when we accept Christ and we become part of the family of God and, and the household of faith, our family structure grows. And so when I accept Christ... I now become part of a family, a larger family, not just a biological family, but now a spiritual family. And I am not designed to do life alone. I am designed to do life together. And what's funny is that will get messy. He needed a companion. If you look at that word companion or helper, it actually has a connotation of it that somebody that's opposite or somebody that completes. If you, if you got around my wife and I, you'd find out we are not identical. There are strengths that my wife has that I do not carry. And there are strengths that I carry that my wife's working on. <laughs> but we're not identical, but we complete, we work together. And quite often, and it's amazing, but it's, it's interesting to look at relationships. Quite often, when you look at a husband and a wife, you will find out that there's strength that one has that the other doesn't have. And often, it's amazing, but it's like they're, they're almost, you'd almost sometimes think that they're on the far end of each other's spectrum. Now, not every time, but quite often. What I have found in my family is days that I'm frustrated or tired or depressed, my wife is there and she builds me up. And there's days when she's struggling or she's frustrated and I'm there to build her up. Family is for each other. God created the picture of family because he did not want you to be alone. So I just want to give you a few other things. 
I find it interesting that the woman came out of the man. In other words, there, there's an intimacy in family. We just celebrated the lives of four baby children. A child comes through an intimate act, a union. And it's through that intimacy that family is birthed and family grows. A couple other things I want you to see. Family is God's idea. Family is God's idea. It's not the world's idea. And in fact, if you try to figure it out according to the world, just wait five years and they'll have a new definition. And they'll have a new explanation. And they'll try to figure out in a new way. But the Word of God, written over the courses of millennia, is still true and still real today. And when God said, I wanted to take man and give him a helper and a helpmeet, it wasn't to bring the guy down, it was to make him stronger. Guys, your wife that is in your life is not something to bring you down, but to raise you up. And women, your husband is there to be your helper and to be your strength and to be your support. I believe in family. I find it interesting as I studied a little bit, people are trying to figure out what the new family looks like. And so you have mixed families. You have multi-generational families. You have families with two fathers, two mothers. That's what's happening in this world. And they're designing them and they're calling them families. And, quite often, and all of a sudden, we got all these different ideas and different pictures. But what I find amazing when I look at that is just about every single one of them is crying out for relationship. And as you look at it, you almost have the definition, but then you have the purpose. And I would suggest to you that the purpose of the family, as a group of believers, we need to work on understanding that and acting on that and living in that manner. I was talking with somebody recently, and they know some people that are in some rehab, some addiction rehab. They're not believers, but there's a group of them. And, and uh, there's various examples, but the one that I'm dealing with and that I know about is alcohol rehab, drug abuse. And what I found interesting was the support system that they had in that group, they took better care of each other than some Christian families. 
when a person fell off the wagon, instead of berating them, they went and they helped them. I mean, it's shocking. They don't know Christ. They don't have eternal hope. But they look at each other and they go, you know what? We're family. We're in this. And here we have a picture outside of the church of a support system where somebody makes a mistake and instead of holding them up and pointing at them, they grab, go around them and they hug them and they try to help them and they care for them and they cheer them on. That's what we need to do in this house. We need to be supportive. So if somebody makes a mistake, we don't berate them, but what we do is we go around them and we put our, our arm around them and we say, you know what? You're going to make it. It's going to be okay. It's all right. We have forgiveness. We have redemption. We have hope. And we walk as a family. And I found this person, they made a mistake But they went right back into that group, and that group just accepted them, arms open wide. And I'm amazed. But I have seen, as I've looked at some of the structure or some of the definition that this world places with respect to the term family, and although their definition and their picture may be all wonky, the function or how it operates is a picture of care, of love, of help and of attention and support. I've heard the term and the expression, and this might get some of you, but I've heard the term and the expression that Christians are the only group that shoot their wounded. That's not right. That's not right. That's not right. I can't shoot the wounded. I can't shoot somebody. I got to love them. Even if it's messy. And we have a world outside these walls that does family better then we do family. And you say, well, what do you mean? I don't shake your hand. Are you going to get upset? I've seen it. I've done it. Some of the closest people with me. I, I want to encourage you this morning. And what, I'm, what I want us to do is, is we need to see family in the way God sees family. And one of the ways God sees family is you're not meant to do life alone. Many want the benefits and treasures of family, but they don't want the process 
And what I find interesting is when we do family, I, I, I listened to a podcast a few days ago, and this guy explained how church is family and is not business. And he shared how here he was a pastor, a lead pastor, and then he went to a function with his family for Thanksgiving. And he said, here I am, a lead pastor of a church, a large church, a church that in our terms would be successful. And he goes to his family function for Thanksgiving, he says, and he gets given a pile of potatoes, sweet potatoes, and yams, and he gets handed a knife to peel them. He says, they didn't ask me if I wanted it. They didn't thank him for doing it. He says, and all they did was just said, oh, here you are. Here's the potatoes. Here's the yam. Here's the sweet fry and, and, and sweet potatoes. And just peel them up. He says, I sat there at dinner time. He says, and everybody loved them. He says, but nobody said, well, thank you for doing them. Family, sometimes you don't get the thanks. Family, you don't always get the thanks. Are you prepared, are you prepared to put aside your rights and take up a potato peeler and just peel the potatoes because you want everybody to be fed? And Jesus, now Jesus, sorry, not Jesus, but in the picture here, God, when he looks and he says, man, it's not good for you to be alone. Just because you're in your family doesn't mean it's going to be easy, but family is worth it. Family cries together. I had tears here this morning. I did not plan that. But your family. There's an interesting aspect, one last aspect of family in this passage, and it's the last phrase. It says, Adam and Eve, they looked at each other, they were naked, and they weren't ashamed. There's an, a vulnerability that happens in family where people see my weaknesses. They see things that maybe I can't hide. They say, see things, my deficiencies. And instead of pointing them out, they rally around them. My wife knows more dirt about me than any of you, but she will not tell any of you about that. And I'm not saying I got crazy stuff. I'm not, okay. I'm not, what I'm trying to say is she knows 
my weaknesses. And she does everything she can to stand up and protect them. She doesn't go, oh, well, that's his weakness. I'm just going to expose him and let him deal with it. She gets around me, and she protects me. Family is something that protects each other. And I have a vulnerability with my wife. But it's through those moments of the greatest vulnerability that you also have the moments of greatest strength. If I was always concerned about my vulnerability, I would not do anything. If I got up here and I was worried about my voice, well, I can't say anything because I'm going to start speaking and it's going to crack. And like, I'm 52 years old and I still have this issue. (laughs) The way you receive me, I'll be honest with you, is a powerful way because I tell the worst jokes and I get people to laugh. And you protect me. You don't let me do open mic. (laughs) But you care for family. And this morning we celebrated family, we celebrated children. And one of the core values, one of our core, Pastor Daniel referred to it as a cornerstone this morning, is worship. But another one is family. We're huge on family. We don't always get it right. And I've found very few families that always get it right. But I love a family that always keeps trying. Family will forgive you just because that's who you are. Well, that's just David. It's okay. That's just David. I have a family. I've I've eight brothers. We're not all the same. We don't do things all the same. But you better not speak against any one of them. Because if you do, you're going to have eight little brats chasing you. (laughs) And we may not always agree 100% on everything, but we agree on the name that we have. And because of that name, we will stand together. Because of that name, because of the name Jesus Christ, because of the name family of God, you know what? I may not see things 100% the same way as you, but I'm going to stand with you and I will support you and I will hold you up and I'll pray for you. This is not anything like my notes. This is not anything like my notes. But we're a family. 
We're an amazing family. We're a family of different colors, different sizes, different heights, male and female, young, old, ones that like to run around the sanctuary. We're, we're a family. God bless you, Jack. I We may not have family figured out 100%. But when we have the same objective, the same goal, a lot can happen. Hallelujah. I'm just going to pray over you a simple prayer right now. If you could just close your eyes. I want to pray a blessing over everyone here. And I'd love for you to receive it. And one of the ways that you can receive it is by just simply, as a physical act, opening your hands to receive as a symbolic way of opening your body and your life to receive. So I want to encourage you, as I, as I just say these words over you, that you just open your hands in a manner to receive. And these are the words that I'd like to say over you. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace. May the words of Almighty God fill your life. May the blessing of God the Father interrupt your life. Lord, I thank you for family here today. I thank you for family. I thank you for spiritual family. I thank you for biological family. I thank you, Lord, that we are in this together. And Lord, I thank you that although we may not always get it right, you don't leave us, you don't forsake us. But you're there to help us and to guide us. And Lord, I pray a blessing over everyone this week. In your precious name, amen. God bless you.